Dow. We are so glad that you have tuned in with us today. Today is going to be a special day, and we are so glad to have a lot of our team here. Are you guys glad to be here today? It is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, this is a weekend that we celebrate and that we remember. And uh, do special what we want to do is we want to take this time to work. So today we're going to sing out these songs together. We want you to join in with us. We're going to sing out loud, right, everybody? And, uh, and so we, we hope that you can turn your heart. with us this morning. You're going to see a chat bar on the right hand side of your screen. That's a great place to let us know where you're watching from, who you're watching with, so we can connect with you there. We are so excited to meet with you in person in a few weeks and to see your faces. Until then, we have some small groups that are meeting, um, some youth activities that are happening. You can check all those out on our website at mcdowell.church. Until then, let's worship together, grab your family, and let's go. Mountain shape, what was dead? 
morning, McDowell. It is so good to gather with you in this place to worship. And uh, we are so thankful that the Spirit of God is not bound to a room or a space or a place in, in one given area, but rather the Spirit of God is everywhere. Yeah. So the Spirit of God is with you. He's in this room, uh, and He's working around and among us. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors at McDowell. Always good to gather on Sundays. It's better when we're actually in person, which we'll get back. But nothing is held back when we're virtually gathering together as well. We're so yeah. thankful that you've chosen to tune in today. Uh, there's a chat bar and we'd love to interact with you. We've got some of our staff, our pastors, and some others on there. So let us know where you're watching from and your name. We have some other things that we're going to do here in just a few minutes. It's also a great place to let us know of any prayer requests that you have. How can we pray for you? And, uh, and uh, we are, like I said, just so thankful that you're with us today. Now, McDowell is a church. We're a community. We're following Jesus and we're learning to love. That's what we're about. It's our identity. It's what we're focused on. And even in this time when we're separated physically, we, we still are a community. We're walking together. Yeah. We're following Jesus in all things to the best of our ability. And we're learning to love. Now, as a community, we like to get to know each other just a little bit better. I have a multiple choice question for us today. All right. And the reason we, we're going with a multiple choice question is because once we're back together, gathering back together, it might not be best to turn and like talk to one another <laughs> where we spit on one another. Not always a good thing to do. So multiple choice will help us with, you know, just maybe one, two, three or four, A, B, C or D. And so here's the question of the day. Right. This summer, which would you rather? A, one, drive the West Coast from Seattle mm. to San Diego. B, float the Mississippi River from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. C, hike the Appalachian Trail from Georgia up to New Hampshire, or D, take a train across the U.S., and you can choose your own adventure on this one. Now, I had some, uh, my son and some of his friends uh, hanging out in my office a little bit later, and I gave them kind of just a preview of the question, and Trey Moore, he quickly answered, I want to float the Mississippi. So I think the Moors are going to head to the Mississippi River from Canada down to the Gulf of Mexico. What do you guys think? What, what would you do? I'm going to say A, drive the West Coast. Drive the West yes. Coast, yeah. Seattle, yeah, San Diego. Cool. What else? Yeah, same. A. The same? Yeah. Yes, Drive? the beach. Yeah. yeah. I'd say the train. Train? Choose your own adventure. Yeah. I like it. Train. 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 Appalachian Trail. Yeah, yeah. You get to camp. You get to hike. You get to go in waterfalls, cliff jump. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's hard to choose from these because I think they would all be awesome, but I think yeah. I might join Joe on the trail. <laughs> Love uh, to have you. It would be awesome. <laughs> We might take a few weeks off. Yeah, uh, it'll, we'll miss you, but we're going to be <laughs> on the trail. So go ahead and like let us know which one would you choose, A, B, C, or D. Hey, um, like I said, we got some good news about gathering together. I want to give you some of that in just a minute, but I want to thank you for your generosity in this season where we've uh, been scattered a little bit. So many of you have continued to be so generous and you're giving to the mission, which continues even when we don't gather on Sunday. So I just want to say thank you for your generosity. Your faithfulness and giving means so much and it's furthering the mission that God has given us. And if you're someone who hasn't jumped in yet financially, I want to encourage you, if McDowell is your church home, jump in, be a part of what God is doing here. Uh, 
here locally, but also globally through our, our missions partners around the world. You can give at mcdowell.church give. That's the best and most secure way to give. You can also mail in your checks or your tithes, your offerings. You can drop them off at the church. But again, I just want to say thank you. And from the board and our, our staff team, thank you so much for continuing to give to the mission of McDowell uh, during this season. Okay, so we got some good news. We're going to gather together again in two weeks, two weeks from today. Uh, so June 14th is the day that we've marked, and we believe it's going to happen. Now, I know things are still changing day by day, but we're seeing some good numbers in our state, and uh, that's good news for us. Uh, when we gather together, our capacity in our auditorium, this room, is going to be cut to about a third. So about a third of what we normally have in this room will be the capacity of seating. We'll mark off every other row to give a little bit of space. And then from the first service to the second service, we'll switch the rows so that you're not sitting in the same place that maybe someone sat in the first service. So 915, 1045 still the services. We're going to ask people, if you're not with your family, to leave a couple of seats just for that, that physical distancing. Uh, our services will be just a little bit shorter, and they won't include any passing of offering plates. We won't have, um, I'm a little sad about this, we won't have our normal response station, the candles, uh, the cross, the prayer wall, and communion. We're going to take a little bit of a break from that uh, during this season. We'll engage in some other ways, but we think that's probably the best plan for the next few weeks going forward. Um, and, uh, and, and so we're, we're going to have a great time together. We're going to be as careful as we can. Uh, the entire building will be sanitized from one week to the next. And then in between services, we'll do the best job that we can of sanitizing all the hard surfaces and anything that anybody might touch in the lobby. We won't be passing out those awesome little donuts that we have on Sunday mornings, which is a bummer, but the coffee shop will be open and they'll be following their protocols and systems that are in place during this season as well. So you can still grab some coffee. Our uh, water machines will not be uh, in operation. We think that's probably the best to stop those, but there will be water available at the coffee shop as well. So you can grab that there. Now, Probably the, the thing that I'm most sad about is during this season, during the next few weeks at least, uh, we won't be able to host our, our Mountain Kids ministry. And that's a little bit of a, of a bummer. Now, we're still going to offer online resources for parents, so that will still be available. But if you, if you choose to come and gather here, we won't have children's ministry uh, because children really don't know how to keep <laughs> physically distant from one another. What we will offer is in our Mountain Kids Theater, we'll have some family seating. So if you come with your kids and your kids are a little bit louder and you don't really want to bring them in the main auditorium, you can slip down there and that'll be a little bit louder experience. But it will be watching online as we're live streaming. And then on the back patio outside, which it's hot, we should have our misters working again. Uh, we'll have a couple different uh, TV monitors which will be streaming the service. So some parents might choose to sit on the back patio as their kids play on the playground. But we're so excited about gathering together. We have other things that will be in place. We'll let you know more and more about those as we approach the date. But two weeks, we are so excited together. Now, here's what I want you to know. We want you to make the best decision for you and your family. And we know that that might be different than others. We are a church, we're a community that holds many different perspectives 
on how we should walk through this season and when we should get back together. And I simply want to affirm the choice that you're making for your family. And here's the deal. No matter where you choose to gather, whether that's with a small group in a home to stream online or by yourself with your family in your home to stream online, or whether you choose to come here, you are still a part of the McDowell family. You, you don't have to be in this place to be a part of the McDowell family. So we want to affirm you in making the best decision for you and your family. If you have any questions, let us know. We're here. We want to interact with you, answer any questions you might have, any concerns that you might have. And I want to thank you once again. I've been saying this. I want to continue to say this. I want to thank you for your patience as we're trying to make the best decision. We're trying to seek God's uh, wisdom and his spirit in these decisions of how to come back together. So I want to thank you for your patience. I want to thank you for your humility, understanding that others might have different perspectives than you do. Others definitely have different perspectives than I do. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right perspective because it's my perspective. So we're humbly listening to one another and walking through this season. Uh, and then I just want to thank you for the unity we're displaying as a church to walk through this together. Um, now, it's time to continue worshiping. I love this song. You guys introduced this just a few weeks ago. It's just a great declaration uh, and, and almost like a, like a testimony song yeah. of seeing the light of God and the, and the life that we find in him. So Father God, we worship you today in many different places and spaces. We thank you that your spirit isn't confined to a building, but that your spirit is all around us, among us, and that you fill us as we open ourselves to you. So we worship you today. We turn our hearts and our minds towards you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
sing this out. God's light oftentimes, sh oftentimes shows up when we least expect it. And um, that God, uh, by, the, by the, the power of His Spirit, actually awakens us to maybe patterns or uh, uh, the systems or uh, the ways, the paths of our lives. And he, he awakens us to those things, but then He, he always gives us a path to, to follow, to come back into alignment with him, to, to align our spirit with his spirit. Over the last few weeks, um, I think I've had a, a little bit of, of one of those moments of being awakened to um, something that God's spirit has, has been nudging me toward. And I wonder if maybe you all are in that same, that same space. Uh, I think in the last few weeks, we've, we've been reminded of some of the... the the social uh, and racial injustice that is a part of our culture. And uh, we've seen a couple of instances, at least, where, uh, where men were murdered in, in ways that are unthinkable. And I found myself, um, as I watched these videos, um, sick, a little bit sick to my stomach and wondering, you know, how, how could this be? How is it that we've gotten to the place where it seems as though there are moments where life is taken for granted and where life is not valued and where we've forgotten that every man, woman, and child has been created in the image of the Heavenly Father? And that man and woman and child has undescribable value 
to God and should have value to us as well. And I've realized, and I think what the Spirit has nudged me towards, is I've realized that oftentimes my silence has been a message that has, has been more hurtful than the silence has been helpful. And I've been silent for a couple different reasons throughout um, the course of my life. I think I've been silent at times um, because, and maybe it was other voices who were saying this, or maybe it was just me, or maybe it was um, the enemy who was saying, there's got to be more to the story. There, there's got to be more that you didn't see. And um, while I, I completely understand context and how context is so important, I also believe that what we do see is just not right and it's not good and that we as humans can do better than what we've seen in the last few months and in the last number of years. Let's, it's not just in this little short season. And so I've been silent because um, maybe I was uh, thinking that there's more to the story and maybe at some time in the future that more to the story is going to come out and then I'm going to be embarrassed for saying something which is just ridiculous. And I think God has um, in some way like led me to a place of confession to confess that that's just not right and my silence has not been the right response that, that I need to at times speak up on behalf of the oppressed like Jesus did. Um, the other reason I've been silent at times, and maybe you've felt like this from time to time, is that I've, I've felt like what I, that, that, that maybe my words are going to be the wrong words, that I intend them a certain way, but maybe they'll, they'll come across the wrong way. And I've realized um, in those moments as well that, that my silence is probably not the best way forward. That we as followers of Jesus are, are called to speak out against injustice in our world. And not just speak out against it, because our voices are important, but also work to be the solution. To, to speak against injustice, but also to fight for those who are oppressed and those who are set aside. And so I don't know the answers, but I do know we need to do better that we need to value one another, that we need to respect one another, that we need to love one another in real and tangible ways, that we need to see one another as children of God, sons and daughters of the Most High who hold incredible value in their lives. And, you know, I grew up in the South, and I grew up in, in some, some systems and some cultures that were, um, that were unequal, and I didn't see it a lot as kids. You notice that kids oftentimes don't see what's, what's, what's there. And I think oftentimes we, we tend to be molded by the culture in which we grow up. And we, we simply find ourselves just like flowing into a certain stream without even intentionally choosing that pathway. And by falling into that stream and without being intentional, we unintentionally become a part of the, the problem. And um, it's interesting, we, we began to map out this series that we're kicking off today. We, we began to map it a long time ago. And I think it's, it's just the perfect moment to talk about uh, intentionally choosing rhythms and patterns that align us with God's spirit so that we might live as examples marked by his love and live in ways that become the good news to the world around us in moments like this.
And so this series called Life is Liturgy is this, um, is, is this pathway, we, we hope, it's a practice to, to come alongside God's Spirit on a daily basis to become intentional about our habits and our patterns so that we might align ourselves with God's Spirit and walk out His love in tangible ways in the world around us. Uh, Dallas Willard said this, I, I was reading a while ago, and he said, the most important thing in your life is not what you do, it's who you become. The most important thing in your life is not what you do, it's who you become. Now, what's interesting about that, I think most of us would agree with that, 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 that idea that, that my life is not made up of what I do, it's actually who I'm becoming that's most important. And we raise our kids in this way, we want our kids to become uh, men and, and, and women of integrity and character, and, and uh, we, we lead them in this path. But what's interesting is it's what we do that shapes who we become, right? So it's the choices and the intentions that we have that actually begin to shape who we are becoming. And that's what life is litur uh, as liturgy is all about. It's about becoming intentional about the choices that we're making, the habits that we're making. And I want to start and frame the entire series uh, with a passage of scripture from Romans chapter 12. And Paul's writing, and he's writing to a group of Christians, and they're trying to figure out, like us, how do you live in this world, in a world that doesn't always align with God? How do you live in this world in a way that, that honors God, that represents God, that expresses love to the people around, even those who may disagree with your theology or your beliefs or your practices? How do you live in a world like this? And so Paul, as he's writing this letter, as he's penning this letter, the, the, the entire front uh, portion of the letter is all about theology. There's just so much rich, deep theology, which is about shaping our minds and our hearts. But then Paul turns a corner because he knows it has to get practical. Like there's, there's something that we have to walk out and practice uh, so that that theology actually becomes life around us. And, um, and so Paul, as he gets to chapter 12 especially, just gets super practical. So here's what he says. He says, Here's what I want you to do, God helping you, realizing we can't do this on our own, in other words. I want you to take your everyday, ordinary life. So I, I, I don't want this to be something that is reserved for one day of the week, or I don't want you to act like it's something that, that is not ordinary or, or, or daily. I want you to take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, uh, your walking around life, and I want you to place it before God as an offering. In other words, I want you to see your life as the very offering that you're giving to God. It's not about something on the side, one day a week, or a check that you might write, or something that you might do once a month or once a quarter. I want you to take your everyday, ordinary life, when you go to sleep at night, when you wake up in the morning, when you go to work, when you're raising kids, when you're making dinner, I want you to offer that to God your everyday life. And that's what life as liturgy means. It means that my life, my whole life, not just a segment of my life, my whole life, I want it to become an offering to God, a sacrifice to God. So Paul continues, embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for God. And that means like what, what God has done for us in Christ, that when we turn back to him and when we offer him, like we're embracing God's grace, realizing that it's not up to us. Uh, it, it's, it's not our performance that sets us with God. It's, it's what Christ has done. So embracing what God has done for you through Christ is the best thing that you can do for God. 
Now, here's the phrase that um, has, has just been sticking with me the last couple weeks. Paul says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking about it. Now, let's pause there. Don't, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking about it. And I, I mean, I'm going to confess, I often fall into that trap of just living a life that is marked by and, and guided by the culture around me, that I just kind of go in the flow and I, I tend to, when the Spirit maybe nudges me in certain ways, I kind of just play that off as, ah, that's, that's crazy. This is what everybody else is doing. And we just kind of go with the flow. And Paul says, don't just go with the flow. Like, think about the ways that you're living. Like, intentionally think about and put into practice some things so that you don't just flow with culture. And he says, instead, fix your attention on God. So give God your mind, like, like set your mind on him. And you'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize. So as you do this, as you fix your mind on God, I, I think scripture is clear that the spirit, as we fix our mind on God, the spirit begins to work in us. And he says, so when, uh, when he works in you, readily recognize what he wants from you and then respond to it. Like open yourself to God's spirit. And when you realize the spirit's there, like respond, like do what he calls you to do. Don't just blow it off. Don't set it aside and just continue with the flow of the world. I was reading a book lately that, um, that was talking about uh, a, a rule of life or a practice of life or spiritual disciplines, a uh, number of different ways you could put it. Um, but he writes this, while the house of my life was decorated with Christian content, the architecture of my habits was just like everyone else's in the world. Like he woke up to the fact that he had all this Christian content sprinkle, sprinkled around his life. He knew the songs the worship tunes, which are awesome. Like he had the fish on the back of his car. He had a cross up in his house. He had his life sprinkled with Christian content, but the architecture, the framework of the habits that marked his life were, were, were the same as everybody around him. And this woke him up to living life differently. So here's a question. What habits have I intentionally put into place? Like what habits have we intentionally put into place that orient ourselves or attune ourselves uh, and our spirits to God's spirit? Like what have I put into place that, that, that turns me back or attunes my spirit on a daily basis to God's spirit so that I might walk in a way that honors him in life and not just go with the flow of culture? Now, I'm not saying culture is always going the wrong direction. I mean, Paul's not saying, hey, turn around from culture and just fight a, a, an uphill battle. He's not saying that. He's just saying don't, don't become so well accustomed to it that you, you, you fit in without even thinking. But think about it. Practice certain things that attune you with God's spirit. And here's the deal. Where this can lead is, is to just becoming a people of practice or spiritual disciplines. But the point isn't, the practices, practices aren't the goal. They're just a means to experience God's grace. So these practices that we're going to talk about and that are in the journal, 
They're simply the ways in which we might open the conduit between us and God so that his spirit might begin to transform us. It's his work. God is the one who started a work in you, and he's the God that will complete that work. He's the one who's transforming us. We simply have to open the conduit and then cooperate with his spirit, which walks that path. Now, you want to know the good news? His grace. His grace is good, right? It's, it's his grace that covers all things, our failures, our mistakes, um, our, our silence. God's grace covers that. But his grace doesn't just leave us where we are. And th that's good news too. But his grace empowers us to be and live transformed lives every single day. It's his grace. And we're going to sing about that grace this morning. And... Um, we know it might be weird to sing at home with nobody else around, but singing's good for the soul. And so we're going to invite you to sing uh, this great old song with us. People come together, strangers neighbor. Blood is one. Children of generations of every nation of kingdom come. So don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. So take courage, hold on, be strong. Remember where our help comes from. Oh, 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 oh,
He said, if your soul is healthy, no external circumstance can destroy your life. If your soul's healthy, if it's in alignment with God, uh, there's no external circumstance that can, can, that can destroy your life. And if your soul is unhealthy, there's no external circumstance that can redeem your life. Isn't that interesting? And oftentimes when our soul isn't in the right place, we're looking for outside things. But it's, it's the internal working of the Spirit that actually brings us to a place of peace so that the circumstances that surround us don't tend to, to destroy or, or pull us down. Now what I want to do just for a minute, uh, our journals are available. Many of you have already picked them up. We've mailed some. We're, we're, we're happy to mail one to you if you need one. We also have a digital and a Kindle version this time. So we can give you the links to those. Um, it's a great way just if you have a Kindle, if you have an iPad and you'd like to, to get on there. And it's, uh, you, you can edit text and, and circle things. And so it's, it's a great resource if, you, if you're a digital person. Sometimes the physical, some of us need actually the tangible writing and all of that. 
So there's really two primary pieces that I want to mention real quick that I think will frame our days. And the first is, is how we start our day, which I think is vitally important. And we don't talk enough about devotion and devotions. When I was a kid, we talked about devotions all the time. We never talk about devotions anymore. Um, devotions aren't uh, potions to, to get us in alignment with God. Devotions are simply those practices that, that help open the conduit to God's grace to come in. And so a morning devotion is a time that it's not a formula. We don't do a couple of things so that then God will bless us during the day. We do some things. We, we practice some habits that align us with God's spirit so that we might walk through our day aware of his presence. So in the morning, um, we're encouraging you, and every day in the journal except for Sundays is the same, to to start with prayer and scripture. And some of you um, maybe have, have practiced this, this sort of thing for a long time in your life, so you have a rhythm that makes sense for you, and maybe you can just kind of tie that in with, with the journal. Um, others of you have never had any kind of practice, and I'm so excited for you to step into this and, and begin to practice this. We have two months in the journal that will get us, and, and I think by the end, it's gonna become a natural rhythm in our life to help align us with God's spirit. So uh, if you're one who would say, I don't know, like what scripture am I supposed to write down? Like, I don't even know where to start. Do I start with Genesis chapter one, verse one at the very beginning? That's not a bad passage of scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but there is a different way that might be helpful, and it's found at uversion.com or on your, your phone, uh, on your I, iPhone, or what's the phone that you have, Joe? You have a weird one, Android, some, <laughs> something weird. They have the version there as well. It's limited because the Android, but anyway, version. version is the Bible app. And on the Bible app, uh, th there's this little, uh, every day at the, at, the, at the front side of it, there's a, a daily verse, a verse of the day. And I think that's a great starting point. So maybe if you don't have a pattern or a rhythm, use that. If you already have a pattern or rhythm, just pick a scripture from what you're already reading and write that scripture out. And then pray to bring yourself in alignment and maybe it has something to do with that passage of scripture. Simply ask God to lead you through your day and, and to uh, maybe with the scripture, maybe to, to walk that out in your life. So uh, a verse of the day might be this. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. That's a great verse of the day. And so maybe you write that verse of the day and you simply say, God, I pray that today as I, as I approach moments of, of worrying or anxiousness, that you simply remind me that you are with me and that I'm not alone and that you provide everything that I need. That might be your, your, your prayer that day. So that's the, the morning. Uh, during the day, there's a couple activities in there that maybe you wanna take part in. But then at the end of the day, these two frameworks I think are so important. So begin with, with prayer and with scripture, and then end the day with reflection and thanksgiving. And I think so many of, this, so many of us, myself included, miss this piece. That we don't reflect back on the day that we just lived and say, God, where did I miss the target? Where do I need to, to, to go and ask for forgiveness? Where do I need to repent? And then where do I need to thank you? You know, God, I started the day saying I shouldn't worry about anything because you provide everything I need. Where did I allow my anxiousness to rule my mind? Where do I need to say, God, thank you for providing everything I needed today? 
So you begin the day aligning yourself with God. The end of the day, you come back into alignment and you thank God for where he's shown up and you trust him as you fall asleep. Now, that's the best way to end the day, trusting that the God who has more power and knowledge and love than any of us, that he's going to continue through the night to be in charge of the world, which is his anyway. So maybe that's the way that you begin and end. You reflect, you respond to God's spirit. Again, we'd love to put one of these journals in your hand. We're excited for this journey through the summer. We're excited to get back together in two weeks. We can't wait to see you. The coffee shop is open during the week, so we would love it if you stop by. We've been interacting with some of you there. We miss you like crazy. Can't wait to see you again. McDowell, I love you. I'm thankful for you. And uh, I pray God's blessing on you, his grace and his peace in your life. We'll see you soon. to steal and destroy, but Jesus, Jesus has come to give us life, and uh, we believe that, that God has come to bring us life, he's come to rescue us from, from death, and uh, we're going to sing about that, how God is turning our graves into gardens, how he's turning our, our despair into hope, how he's turning our fear into joy, and so join with us, let's sing this out together, knowing and trusting that God is working for the good of, of himself.
want to close with one more song, and uh, we hope that this song speaks to you. A song that's called "Free Amen," and I, I love that. Um, there's just a kind of a prayer behind the song, and uh, so as we sing this together, uh, I hope that you make that your prayer today. We're certainly making that our prayer today, and uh, just continue worshiping.